let's talk about real estate media, right? We only work with real estate agents. We get really specialized at working with agents. We know what to do. We don't shoot weddings. We don't do corporate events. We don't do anything like that. And that allowed that business to grow. And I've not seen a lot of photography businesses that grew as much as ours. And it's not because I'm great, a great business person, right? It's because I picked a niche and I stuck with it and I got really good. And then moving over to my course, there are a lot of general photography courses. My course has done over $5 million in sales. And all we do is teach real estate photographers how, or I'll teach people how to be real estate photographers, right? Super niche. At the start, I was like, dang, I wish I could just talk generally photography. It'd be so much bigger. I would not have the business I have on my education side of things if I did that. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Elevate. I am stoked that you are here with us today uh, because my guest, somebody that, uh, that I am really excited for you to meet, who has been working on something that I think is gonna help a lot of people out there and that's really gonna provide really a lot of valuable information on something, a, a topic that I'll be honest with you, everybody thinks about, which is lead generation, right? Uh, but uh, that a lot of people are trying to figure out online content creation. Uh, so Eli, uh, we have today, Eli Jones. Eli, I'm glad that you're here. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. Thanks for coming on and sharing everything that you've done with your, with your online brand and with your business. Uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Likewise, thanks for having me, Nathan. It's going to be exciting. Stuff I, I love to talk about. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so uh, first off, first and foremost, uh, tell everybody who is Eli Jones uh, and tell me a little bit about uh, what your experience has been. Yeah, I'll give you the, the really quick story of the last 10 years. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I started a real estate photography company, wanted to be a doctor, had no idea that I would completely shift course. And um, over the next seven years after I started that company, I scaled it to, you know, at its peak, about 20 employees. We have more contractors now, but um, I spent the first seven years of my career just learning how to help you guys as agents sell real estate and, uh, you know, push a little bit to help you market yourself, but it wasn't quite the right time. And so I took my business a different route rather than scaling it to multiple markets. I decided to launch an online course called Real Estate Photographer Pro, where we basically taught other people what we did in Dallas, Fort Worth at our business that allowed it to be successful. And the last three years I've spent doing that and really um, learning what it means to market online and how to get leads and how to run ads and everything that a business owner who wants to sell something does, especially if they want to scale it. So that's what I spent the last three years doing. And really what we're, I think, here to talk about is the last year and a half, I've really taken a deep dive into social media and worked on building my own personal brand. I, um, you know, for the first eight and a half years or so that, that I've been in business, I um, thought of social media as like a really long game. Like something that was like five plus years. And because of that, I didn't really want to spend a lot of time on it, right? Because I'm like, I can't think five years out. I got to think today. I got to get leads today. And so about a year and a half ago, I finally um, got rid of, of that you know, very faulty mindset and just invested my time in seeing what I could do and seeing what I could build personal brand wise. And in the last three years, we went from literally zero followers to a little bit over 320,000 followers across all platforms today. Um, and most of that growth happened in the last six months. So I think social media is such a big opportunity for people and um, it doesn't have to be a long game. That's the thing that I was so wrong about. I wish I would have started sooner. So that's really what we're going to be talking about today. And that kind of sums up what I've done. Uh, my company now is called Jones Ventures and we have about 35 employees across our, our different businesses. And that's where we're at today. That's awesome, man. So first off, first and foremost, before we even start the conversation, I want to say thank you yeah. because uh, everything that I know about real estate media has really come from you and has come from your education and your online classes. So I am glad that I found that Facebook advertisement. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was smacked across the face for about a good six months with those advertisements before I clicked <laughs> on one. But uh, but I'm glad I clicked on the advertisement and I'm glad that I'm in your community uh, because of how much I've learned from you, man. And I just I want to thank you, thank your you. team, Aaron, everybody, because uh, you guys really do provide a lot of value. You've got a great heart and you help a lot of people. So thank you so much before we get started on that. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, you're welcome, man. All right. So let's get started. Lead generation. The thing that yeah. every agent is thinking about right now, how do I get more listing appointments? How do I get more uh, interviews? How do I get in front of more people to uh, to help them buy and sell more houses? Okay. Now there's a lot of, there's a lot of strategies out there. There's a lot of things that they can do for lead generation. You have been, just like you said earlier, you've been focused on online uh, video creation and building an online yeah. brand and online following. That's been the method that you've chosen. Why? Mm -hmm. uh, necessity, to be completely honest. And I think most business owners understand that we have to get leads and we have to do it in a way that is affordable for us, meaning we can't spend more to get a lead than a lead is worth to us. And so um, 
you know, three years ago when I launched my online course, uh, I had to go from a referral driven business to something where I was constantly finding new leads. And a lot of real estate agents, you guys find yourself in, in the same position, right? Which is you can either, you know, door knock or do something awful like that. You can pay for leads from a service. You could run ads and all of that does two things really. One, it costs a lot of money and two, it's not super fun to do. So I went that route when I first started my business. Um, we launched the course in 2019. And by the time 2020 had ended, we'd spent almost a million dollars in Facebook ads. That is a lot of money. And you know it would have been great if we could get those leads for free without paying for all those Facebook ads, right? So um, we were at that point, probably, I don't know, $850,000 in Facebook ad spend. And then uh, the next year, 2021, uh, something called iOS 14 happened. I think it was late 2021. They updated a lot about how ads were able to be run and how retargeting was able to be done. And uh, basically what it did is it changed our cost per acquisition so much that it was hard for us to run Facebook ads profitably. And so I was kind of forced to try the organic social media route. When I say organic, I just mean we're getting leads and we're getting views from content that we didn't pay to put out there. We didn't pay to boost it. It was just posted on the platform. And because of the merit of the content, it was given views by Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of that. And so uh, necessity is, is why I'm here. But it's so interesting because you know, the last year and a half have um, showed me that, you know, while Facebook ads and running any kind of paid media is great, and it's an it's an awesome tool. Uh, as soon as you shut it off, the leads stop, right? So as soon as you're done paying for that ad, or you decide you don't want to pay another $100 a day, you stop getting leads. And with organic, it's very different, it compounds. And so the time that I've spent posting, you know, it, it started working immediately. And I'm sure we'll talk about how to get, you know, pretty quick results, because that's what we all need to, you know, believe that it works, right. But it started working pretty quickly. And every month as our social platforms has grown, the volume of leads we get increases. And so I can stop posting right now and the leads keep coming. And that's what more people need in their business, because it's changed my business completely. That million dollars we spent in Facebook ads doesn't happen anymore, right? We don't we spend 150 grand a year now and get the same amount of leads and same amount of sales. And so you can see what that does for margin. And I think that's that's why more people need to do it. Just uh, yeah, man. So, so well said. So well said. So, I mean, the what you just laid out there sounds amazing. So it's like, yeah. wait a minute, you're telling me that for no money, <laughs> besides the cost of my cell phone, right? I can actually go out there and generate enough leads into my pipeline to be able to have a sustainable, successful real estate uh, business. That, that's what you, that's what you're telling people. So then man, tell me, why are more agents doing it? Like, what is there a limiting belief here? Is there is there something that a lot of agents think or something that they believe about social media and video content creation that holds them mm -hmm. back from from utilizing this tool that obviously people like you have have, have um, done really well with? Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head when you said limiting beliefs, I think um, people believe things about social media to be true that just aren't true. So like I said earlier, they think it's a long game. They think that you have to be really well spoken or be really funny or have something that's really going to make you blow up. And it's just not the case. So what I always encourage people to do, and it doesn't matter if you're a real estate agent or anyone trying to start on social media, you don't need to get into all like the nitty gritty stuff, posting times, hashtags, all that stuff that people tell you, you think you need to do well on social media really doesn't make a difference. And so what I would challenge you to do is just start posting two videos a day. And if you can consistently post two videos a day, that's going to take you through the learning curve that you need to go through. And it's going to do something second to that, which is very important, which is show you that you get results, right? When you get that first lead from social media, it changes your perspective on it. And so I think a lot of it is the limiting, limiting beliefs why people don't get started. But then the second thing is because they have those limiting beliefs, they never get to the point where they even get that first lead. And that first lead is kind of like the, the icebreaker, right? It makes you go, dang, that's real. I remember um, when we first started posting, for me, it wasn't a single lead because leads in my business are not worth that much. We have to get a ton of them, right? But it was the first time that I posted a video and I hadn't posted videos that went viral before. I mean, I was getting a couple hundred views, a couple thousand views, and I had one video that went to like four or 500,000 views. It's way more than that now. And I was like, dang, that's crazy because I saw how much our leads increased. I saw how many more followers I got. And I was like, that was cool. I wonder if that will ever happen again. And then next week, same thing, you know, and the week after that, we got another one. And so um, it, it's crazy to me how fast it can happen, right? And the thing that makes all of this even possible is just starting in the first place. If you start in the first place and you start to get leads, you start to grow your following, you will be a believer. And so the real challenge is just getting you to do that, right? Is to take the first step and start posting consistently.
I think what's really interesting about what you just said is that you were surprised, right? I, yeah. I, I feel like for so many people, and you've done something that I haven't done yet. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you're here to talk about this. But there's so many people out there who think to themselves, well, I know that it works, but I don't think it'll work for me. Right. Yes. And the fact yes. the fact that you went through that exact same process yourself and you were stunned and you were shocked and you were looking at the phone going 450,000. Holy cow. You know, and you you were experiencing the same kind of shock and disbelief that I think a lot of other people would experience if they just got started. Right. You know, what's so funny is, you know, I've spent more time networking with people who um spend their time on social media like I do, right? They spend their time producing content, not consuming it. And it's the same story with everyone. They're like, dang, I'm like, I'm shocked that it was me. Or they, they all have a similar story to what I just shared, which I think is so funny because that's everybody, right? And so the yeah. thing that differentiates those that, that do and don't succeed on this, I think is number one, consistency, but more importantly, not it's just starting in the first place. Like it's not always, and I will say it wasn't my first video, right? I had to post a lot before then. And I, I think, you know, even with that amount I had to post to learn, I also had a lot of experience from the ad driven side of things coming into this. So a year and a half of experience there and a million dollars in spend. And then, you know, for the years prior to that, I was making videos. So I, it wasn't that, um, you know, it, it happened instantly for me. Once I started posting, it was pretty fast, but I also had years of experience. So uh, there is a learning curve and there are things you have to learn, but once you figure it out, it's so good. And I don't think there's anything, you know, more worthwhile to attempt to figure out, right? Because you're spending time in your business doing something right? Maybe you're getting better at running ads or cold calling or door knocking like we talked about earlier. And I'm not saying those are bad, but all of that's hard, right? And so why not prioritize your hard based upon what the biggest payoff would be? Door knocking is great. Well, but like there's a limited payoff, right? Like you're never going to change your business with one door, most likely. But with social media, if you grow a following, it's going to completely change your business uh, and, you know, ultimately change your income, which I think is the reason most of us are, are out here suffering to try to build our businesses. Right. I've heard you talk several times about the the concept of leveraging your time, right? Like what yeah. what are you doing with your time to get the biggest results? You want to speak to that and how that relates into content creation on social media? Yeah, that's a really good topic because I think a lot of people one of their um objections to spending time creating social media content is is they think it's going to take them a lot of time, right? And you know the biggest hack that I can share with any of you guys is to batch your content. A lot of people, you know, they try to sit down and film one video and then by the time they're in video mood, they're done. They film the video and then they try to do that again every day. And then when I say two videos a day, they're like, oh, that's like three hours. It is not. What you should do to be most effective is schedule a time where you're going to film your videos, right? That's going to be maybe four hours max for a week's content. We try to tell people to think about it in a two hour block, like two hours a week is what this should take at least when it comes to the filming side. And then all week you can be thinking of ideas and as you know something you see on social media, you're like, I can replicate that, write it down, right? Or you have an idea, write it down. Or you see an interesting comment on your post or someone else's post, it's a good question, write that down. And that way when you get to that two hour block, you can just knock out a bunch of content. And I think that's the biggest thing is just being efficient, right? And that makes it, so it removes that excuse of like, oh, I don't have time for, you know, a lot of people think of social media as another full-time job, which it can be if you do it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but if you do it right, it doesn't have to be. And so that, that excuse is just not valid. It's just, you got to prioritize better. That's awesome. I want to talk about another limiting belief, which is yeah. the production quality of the video. So the, a, a, a constant thing I hear often is that, you know, I don't want to publish content that doesn't have the highest, that isn't of the highest production value. You know, they, they, I mean, they see stuff like this where we're using key lights and we're using some hiring cameras and yeah. some nice microphones and they, you know, they, they kind of, uh, I think oftentimes often extrapolate that like, well, we've got to do the same thing in order to have online. So talk yeah. to me about that. And what have yeah. you found in your experience building your brand? Yeah, so um a hundred percent of my content in the last six months has been filmed on this. So one hundred percent. A hundred a literally one hundred percent. I uh, used to mess around with nicer cameras when I was first starting because I was, you know, I ran a media company. I have all the gear you could possibly need. I'm like, well, that's gotta be the secret, right? And uh, my content, you know, I said six months for a specific reason, which is the last six months is when my accounts have really blown up, right? We went from about twenty thousand followers six months ago to over three hundred and twenty across all platforms, and it was all on this. And so I think the overcomplication um, creates two big problems, right? So number one is they think, okay, I have to have all this gear. You're like, I, I don't, I don't, how do you use this, right? Um, and so that's issue number one is there's a learning curve there. And anytime there's a learning curve, it knocks people off. So they don't even start. But number two is the more produced the content is typically the worst it does or the worst it does, right? And that's such an interesting thing that I think a lot of people, they 
after spending some time in social media, they realize that. And the more time you spend on social media, the more you realize that, especially when it comes to vertical video, which is the content that works today. So two years from now, I have no idea what works, but vertical video is popular right now. And the more polished it is on your newsfeed, the more likely someone's going to skip it because they, it doesn't fit the platform, right? It either looks like an ad or looks like they're trying to you know, sell you into watching something longer. And so my best performing videos um, are, you know, funny enough, sometimes my worst looking videos from a you know design or aesthetic or quality standpoint. So it just doesn't matter. And so what I would encourage you to do, I mean, sure, get get the newest iPhone with this thing that, you know, looks like a, I don't know, a beehive on the back here, but that's all you need. Uh, you could maybe get a little plug in mic. But again, why would you do that? I mean, I use a plug in mic on maybe 5% of my videos if I'm far away from the camera for some reason, but most of my content's just this, you know, and um, th that doesn't mean I, I will just say a quick tangent to go on here that I think is really important. If you watch my videos or a lot of other creator videos, it's not just me holding the phone static, right? Like I'll do a sentence and then I'll stop and I'll turn and I'll do another sentence and then I'll turn. So the background's different. So it doesn't give you, um, you know, the the ability to be lazy when you use your phone. I actually think it gives you the ability to be more creative because you have to worry about less stuff. I'm not like, well, is the lighting set up properly or the mic in the right place? Like I can turn, I can go sit in my car, I can stand next to my car, I can have the trunk of my car open. So people are like, the heck is behind him, you know, and it's about creating a little bit of curiosity. I think that's, you know, an important thing to learn. And so this allows you more flexibility, more creativity, not less of it. Okay, man. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Okay. So you, yeah. you were just talking. So let's say that somebody's listening and saying, okay, Nathan, okay, Eli, like you've convinced me, I, I want to start creating content to actually generate real leads and just, and to drive traffic, which is yeah. kind of the first part of the process, right? So let's talk about creating good social videos what are the best tips that you have when it comes to somebody who's like, okay, I'm gonna start doing this for the first time. What are the yeah. best tips that you might have for somebody who's, um, you know, they, they, they flip out their phone, they open up, let's say Instagram and they start recording. Um, <laughs> what are the things that they should be thinking about? Maybe two or three things they should be thinking about. Cause you just mentioned one, which is like, yeah. you know, use your phone, like do, do a short segment of the video here and then just switch positions here. Yeah. That's a great tip, you know, just to give yeah. varying backgrounds. Maybe what's one of one or two other tips that they need to be thinking about? Yes, yeah, so you probably heard the term hook, which is the thing you say or the stuff you show on your screen that catches the viewer's attention. The most important part of any video is the first three to five seconds, and we call that the hook. So maybe it's what you say. A good example of a hook for like if you're just doing a standard real estate house video, right? The most boring type of video out there. It wouldn't be like, hey, I'm Sarah and welcome to nobody cares about that, right? Instantly skipped. But if you do something like you will not believe what is in the primary closet of this house, like now I'm like, what is it, you know? And so curiosity is the biggest one. I mean, you can generate curiosity through what you say or something they're seeing. And so if you look at my videos or really anybody who gets a lot of views, um, the videos, especially on my channel, that get the most views. It's like, what is like, you don't know what's going on for the first couple seconds and you're interested to learn more. So you have to get them through that first few seconds. And then after that, you have to kind of think about it in three to five second blocks, right? And it's not so strategized where I'm sitting down going each three to five seconds. I'm just saying people are going to skip if it's five seconds of the same thing. So I need to either change the background or do something or say something that will recreate that curiosity or desire for them to keep listening. And so when you're making a video, going back to that house example, uh, the concept is to show, you know, maybe it's a safe hidden in the floor, right? You're not going to start with introducing yourself because you lost them immediately. And you're also not going to spend too long on the intro when you say you'll never believe what's in there. You don't want to go from that right into like this house is listed for two million. No one cares, right? You lost them. So you got to keep curiosity the whole time and get to the stuff they want to see and keep them keep them wanting to see more. Uh, that's killer advice. So so when you say um, when you're talking about hooks, uh, you I think, I think, you know, so that's a great example for, let, let's say that's a great example for a listing, right? So they're creating a yeah. listing video and, and that I could, I could totally see how that would work, mm -hmm. uh, uh, to create a more engaging video. What about in the kind of the more talking head educational videos where maybe there's not something that they can show and it really is just them sharing maybe a piece of knowledge or something that they think that their intended audience would like to know. What does a good hook look like there? Yeah. Controversy is the best hook. So um, you obviously have to be careful with this and there's different types of controversy. I'm not talking about anything that's, you know, uh, more deep. I'm talking about saying, you know, one hook that I'll use a lot is I'll hold my camera that we use to shoot real estate photos and I'll be like, here's how we make $95 in five minutes with this camera. And right there, they're like, you have the people that are like, no one should make $95 in five minutes. And you have the other people like, it takes way longer than five minutes. And so I'm saying something that is true. And so I'm not lying on social media. Maybe there's times it takes longer, right? But I have to create enough controversy to get them to stay. And, you know, one thing that you'll get, uh, 
you'll grow to love the longer you're on social media and the larger your audience grows. You need people that think you're full of BS. The more people you have like that, the more your audience grows. And it's so, everybody says that, right? But it's so true. Like my, some of my most viral videos, half the comments are, that takes longer than 15 minutes. Yes, sometimes, but most time it takes eight minutes, you know? And so thinking in a way where you can get people to for a second have controversy and then you're going to educate them. Now, there's one thing I would say that's important. When I think about my videos, there's two primary objectives that I have um, that determine how I make the video. So the first objective and the one that like we've talked about a lot on this on this uh, show already is we want to get more views for the video. And so that video is not so much about educating them or giving them a real piece of value. It's about getting their attention. And then that video, I expect to get a lot of views, but I have a second type of video that's more of a sales video or a deeper video that gives them real value. I don't expect those to get a lot of views. Those are for my followers who I got their attention with the flashy video and now they actually wanna learn something. And so that's how I think about my content. There's two different types. I'm not trying to have every video you know, go viral because the ones that go viral are the stupidest ones. It'll drive you crazy, you know? The, the ones that go viral are like the ones where you didn't say anything good. And so you have to think about it that way is there's two different types. And so for me, I designed some videos like I don't care how many views this one gets. I know some of my audience is going to see it, my most dedicated audience. And those are the ones that are going to buy from me anyway. So you think about it like anything in marketing, it's kind of a funnel, right? We use these videos that are going to get views, but don't really educate or help anybody. And then we move it down into some more targeted, helpful content. And then that bottom niche content is really what helps the audience who are ultimately going to get the ability to serve through them becoming a lead or paying us or whatever it is in your business. That's so interesting. Do you have any kind of formula that you tend to follow? Like how many of each of those kind of videos should you be posting? Or what's the percentage like, you know, of the of the viral videos that are a little bit more entertaining versus the the, the things that you're just trying to provide more value to your intended audience? Do you have yeah. any like do you follow any kind of script there or do you follow any kind of uh, formula on like how many videos each month should should all those mm -hmm. videos be? So I'm going to say a tactic that I learned recently, but I don't want you to think you need to like perfectly go along those lines if you're watching this and you're like taking notes or whatever. So generally, no, for the last six months, and that's, I talk about the last six months because that's where most of the growth happened. I've just kind of 50, 50 day, right? Like I think of an idea and I'm like, should this one be more viral? Or is this one more educational? If it's more educational, I'll make it longer, more boring, but try to get my point across. And the other one, that being said, I was at a conference recently and this is what we've started teaching and I've started doing, um, which is a structure called 60, 30, 10. So the idea here is that 60% of your content is stuff that's fairly, um, I'm, I don't use the word vanilla in terms of boring, but I mean, it's just stuff that's not super related to what you do. So for me personally, I'm a car guy. I love cars. So I talk about the Ferrari that I bought. Stupid purchase. I always talk about that, right? That how stupid it was, but that gets a ton of views, right? And so I get car people that are interested and I love watches. And so I'll occasionally talk about watches or I'll show something about my house, something like that, right? Something that's what I do. Uh, maybe it's flying. I am a helicopter pilot and I love that. So that's my like 60% of my content or what it will start to be is content about that. And what it does is it pulls people from each of those niches. I get some people that are interested in aviation. I get some people that are interested in watches and cars and all that stuff and whatever it is for you it could be golf could be whatever um, and those they that brings them into your brand and then 30 percent of your content is more in your area of expertise right so for me that's uh, I, I would say expertise is not mastery 10 percent is mastery that's the smallest bit so when we talk about expertise i could say business in general i talk about stuff that applies to more than just real estate photographers maybe if photography is my expertise um and so it's it's a little broader. And then we go in 10%, which is mastery, which is the really specific real estate media stuff. And that's the stuff that I don't expect to get a lot of views, but it's really helpful to people who are wanting to do what it is that I do, right? Which is do real estate media. And so that's how I think about my content now and what I'm trying to build towards. And the person I learned that from has a lot more followers than me. So I tend to shut up and listen when that's the case. And I think that's a good strategy to start with. But the really important thing here, that's more important than the percentages and, and all of that is to understand that you don't just have to talk about um, you know, let's say you're a, a real estate agent um, who serves investors primarily. You can talk about more than that, right? You know, you're probably an investor yourself if you're that type of agent. So share what investing does for you, right? Show what it does or talk about your hobbies because you're going to find somebody who's interested in golf that's like, dang, you know, I, I found this guy because I saw a golf video, but uh, like, it's interesting to see what he does now. That's how we afford the golf so much, you know, is, is the conversation they have in their head. And so you have to think about it that way is people aren't interested in investment real estate for the most part, right? They're interested in something else. And then they realize that investment real estate might be the outlet that allows them to do more of what they like. Like the, I buy real estate, I, I think you do as well. And um, you know, the, the thing with that is we don't buy that necessarily just because we love real estate. I mean, it's a fun game, right? But it allows us to do something. It creates cash flow. We get appreciation sometimes. And so why are we doing it? And so almost reverse engineering it, right? Like people don't necessarily care about real estate at the start. They care about other stuff. And then you show them real estate is the answer to their 
problem. You know, maybe that's their board in their city. And you are a real estate agent that's that's more of like a socialite agent, right? So you talk about the awesome things that there are to do on the south side of Austin. And uh, that catches them. And then you're like, by the way, I'm a real estate agent here. I know everything about the city. Do you want me to help you find a house? And they're like, yeah, of course. You showed me what to. So it's it's so um, backwards from what most people think. That's so interesting, man, because as I, as I say, and I think about all the agents, let's just say, let's just, let's just say Instagram, but this can apply to anything. It could apply to Facebook. It could apply to YouTube. It could apply to anything. Right. But as I think about most agents, Instagram accounts, typically it's just kind of one market update after the other, right? Like it's, it's the, it's the open house, how much commission they made in the last quarter, what top 500 lists they're on, who their sweet buyer and seller was. Nobody cares about that. I mean, it's just so, it's so funny because it, it checks the box for a lot of agents, but if you think about it from um, you know, your audience's perspective, which most people don't, they think about social media from their perspective. What am I putting out? What do I want to share? It's more about like, what does your audience need from you? Uh, there's no value with that. Like that doesn't do anything. I mean, maybe seeing you on a top 500 list uh, makes you seem like more of a top agent. But here's the funny part. And you know this, Nathan, for sure, is if you look at the average social or average real estate agent social media, like 80% of the followers are other agents because nobody cares about the content they're producing. And so think about it that way. Like, let's talk about the things that are interesting that people would be interested in. Let's forget about building a, an audience for us and for other agents. Let's build an audience for people that we can actually work with. And just that switch will make a big difference. And it's not a hard switch, right? It's easier to talk about the things you like. It is much easier for me. I hate shooting real estate twilights, right? I haven't shot one in five years. And when I shot real estate full-time before I you know, grew my business, that was my least favorite thing was going out at twilight and shooting real estate photos. I don't want to talk about that. I'd much rather talk about a cool watch that I found. And the thing is that works better for most people because they also like that. And so then they're like, okay, how do we build a business? Well, it involves going out and shooting twilight photos of real estate because you can make $175 in 15 minutes. And so those videos you know, eventually make sense to them. But there's a, there's a lot of other ways you can start creating content that's not just specific to you know, what you think. Yeah. And, and what, what, I, what I think is so interesting about this, and I want to go back to your earlier point, it's that most people are sitting there thinking to themselves, well, I post on social media, I don't get any leads from it. Yeah. And then we go and take, check out, check out their account. And it's like, it's, it's what you said, it's the market updates yeah. and things. No it's like, yeah, yeah, you're not that, that is not, you are posting on social media. Yes. Yeah. But that is not a lead generation no. uh, strategy. Right. Like that's not a lead generation strategy. You might be lead nurturing, which I, you know, (laughs) to some, to some, to some extent. And there's, those are two different things though, right? Like maybe they find, maybe you generated that lead in a different way. They go to your social media account and they're like, okay, they're still in business. Like they're doing stuff. Cool. Like, you know, they're there, they're present more than a, a, you know, source of traffic. A hundred percent. But most people are posting those kind of things to social media, thinking to themselves, hey, man, I'm I'm hoping to get that next lead, uh, you know, off this post. And if if there's like one thing, one thing I want people to take away from this conversation today, it's that that does not generate new leads. It's okay. You just haven't been doing it the way that the strategy requires. Right. So let's go. Let's 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 go back to the to the to the actual video content. Uh, just for a second, because I think yeah. that another big issue that a lot of agents have is I don't know what to say. Like they, they, they pull up their phone, they, 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 you know, hold it up in front of them. They click record. And then honestly, they just blank and they just don't know what to talk about. Right. Yeah. So I love what you were talking about earlier, which was talk about the stuff you love. Right. That's yeah. a lot easier. Right. To, to think about. And you know, I'm sure that you probably feel this way too. It doesn't have to be your family, which a lot of people like. Yeah. I know I'm I'm a family guy. I've got three kids, yeah. and and like the, a lot of a lot of my life is family. But there's other stuff that I love too. I love music. Like I could talk about music. I used to be a music teacher, and I, I, there's a lot of relation there. And I could talk about what I'm doing during the day and the places that I'm going and the other things I like. That's one of the things I love about the fact that you're saying that 60% of your content can be and should be just the other things in your life that you're into. That helps with that issue a lot. But let's kind of dive down just a little bit deeper into uh, kind of that smaller 10% that you're talking about where it's the mastery, right? How, how do you, how do you uh, present yourself as an agent? How do you know what to talk about uh, as an agent that's going to help people understand that like you're one of the best at, at, at helping them solve their problem? You're one of the best at helping them solve their pain point. Uh, can you talk to me for a second about that 10% mastery and, and what should they talk about there or how should they approach what they should talk about? It's a good question. Um, one side note or maybe a little zoomed out before we dive into that 10%. A lot of agents are scared to commit to a niche on social media because they're like, well, 
I normally work with investors, but if a luxury home buyer comes around, I don't want to turn them down. And that attitude of going too general, it removes the potential for anything to happen from the start. So just erase that from your mind. Now let's, let's imagine that you have committed to more of a niche. Um, you know, we'll use, uh, let's use an investment focused real estate agents, you know, as the core of that, um, you in the process of doing business are going to be doing a lot of the same thing every day. So every time you work with a new investor, they're going to have the same questions. Every time you work with an experienced investor, you are going to notice things about them. And so really what you're doing when you share your expertise is you're either reporting and there's different characters of like what people do in their social media, but you can be a reporter. So you could make a video, for example, I worked with this investor who has a hundred units and he gathered, he got all these units in the last two years. And here are a couple of things he did differently that really stood out to me. That's an awesome video and an awesome hook right there. So you can report what you learn from other people, or you can, you know, a new investor works with you and they ask you questions. You can answer those questions to your audience in general, because if one investor has them, a lot of investors have them. And so the main thing you need to do here that will make it so you don't struggle for content ideas is once you, you know, admit to yourself and you commit that you are now going to be someone who is creating content about real estate investing. Every time you do something, you got to have that 10% of your brain that's like, is this a good content idea? And if so, let me write it down. And one of the worst ways to create content is to turn on your phone and be like, hey, I need to film for two hours and have no ideas. You will have the most unproductive two hours of your life staring at this camera and you'll go blank. So what I always say, and like I said earlier, you want to batch film it, but you don't want to batch come up with the ideas. As you're going through your daily life, there's stuff that you do. You need to write down everything. And here's the thing. What you think is basic is advanced for your audience most of the time. And so don't be afraid to do topics on what you'd consider to be kind of a silly thing or really, really basic because that's what people want to see. Anytime someone asks you a question, anything that happens in your business, anybody you work with, think about those, write them down because there's content there and it doesn't have to be wildly advanced or profound. It's just normal videos that you're putting out that to you is normal to them is very interesting, especially if you make it interesting. And so um, that's the biggest key is separating the idea time and the filming time because those should not go together. You'll go you know, blank as a canvas and not be able to do anything. Well said, well said. Okay, so this is all under the assumption that you have uh, you have committed to an audience, that you are talking to a specific person, that you have an avatar, which is what everybody says. You have an yeah. avatar in mind of the kind of person that you're mm. talking to, right? And I, I always, always when I'm when I'm talking with agents, one of the things that always comes up is like, well, well, who who are you trying to serve? Like, who are you trying to help? Who's the person yeah. that you're and and I mean, so many times, man, I mean, it's like most of the time yeah. they're like, well, anybody like I, yeah. I want to like everybody like that's typically what they say. Yeah. And this is I think this is a, I really want to dive into this just a little bit yeah. and, and really put a pin in this, because I think that this isn't just a real estate agent thing, man. This is any small business owner thing. This is any entrepreneur thing like this is an issue because you're always looking for to you're always looking to get the most revenue that you possibly can. You're always looking to yeah. get as many sales under your belt as you possibly can. The the thing that most people assume is that, well, I need that net to be as wide as possible to be able to catch as many people as I possibly can. Right. Can you, can you, can you talk to me about what have you found in your experience that contradicts that statement? Right. The, yeah. the idea that don't go wide, go narrow. Now that's not to say that you can't help that luxury buyer when they come your way, you know, like I'm not saying don't take that client, <laughs> take that client, make that money, right? Like go do that thing, get that experience. But I'm just saying in your marketing strategy, in, in your in your content strategy, right, narrowing down who you're talking to. Why is that so important? And what have you found in your experience? Yeah, I mean, there's a thousand quotes that we all say, right? You've heard people say the riches are in the niches and, you know, 50 other variants of that. And, you know, the same people that spout those quotes, especially when it comes to real estate, right? Because as a real estate agent, you know that, like, there are different niches that investors go in and, and different things. And you probably give the advice, which is specialized, but you don't take that advice yourself. And I think it's just be, like you said, people are scared to commit to something because they think that they're, you know, uh, making that net smaller, and they're going to catch less fish. But the truth is, the wider you go, the less money you make in almost every case. And it's funny, because um, every business that I've owned or run, the more niche we are, the more money we make. So yeah, uh, let's talk about real estate media, right? We only work with real estate agents, we get really specialized at working with agents, we know what to do, we don't shoot weddings, we don't do corporate events, we don't do anything like that. And that allowed that business to grow. And I've not seen a lot of photography businesses that grew as much as ours. And it's not because I'm great, a great business person, right? It's because I picked a niche and I stuck with it and I got really good. And then moving over to my course, there are a lot of general photography courses, my course has done over $5 million in sales. And all we do is teach real estate photographers 
how, or I'll teach people how to be real estate photographers, right? Super niche. At the start, I was like, dang, I wish I could just talk generally photography. It'd be so much bigger. I would not have the business I have on my education side of things if I did that. And so I think that's really important. The biggest thing you can do is commit to a niche because it, it just gives you a couple things, right? Number one is you can study the exact person you want to work with. And I'll talk about avatar in a second because I think that's really important. Um, but then as a result of like knowing who that person is, you build all of your processes to better serve them. And so in a world where generalization doesn't work, you know, the, the more general you are, the less you'll be good at anything, right? And our economy is very specialized today. And so you have to be specialized because there are millions of people you can serve, right? And so you can only serve one type really well, especially at the start. So the more capable and the more focused you are on picking that avatar, the better your, biz your business will be. And I did not agree with that at the start. And that's why I said, I felt kind of like, ah, dang, I wish I could teach more than just real estate photography because I make more money. It's not true. Um, there's a, an exercise that I'd recommend you do to find the avatar. And it's really easy as a real estate agent. So what I want you to do is think about all the transactions you've done. And there's probably like two or three that really stuck out to you who they were people you liked working with. And it was just great. Pick one of them, print it out. That's who you're making content for. Like print out a picture of who they are, right? This is not coming from me. Tons of marketers teach this. It works super well. Print out a picture of that person. Write everything about them. You know, if, if they're married, if they have kids, their hobbies, everything. And when you're making content, I want you to think about them at the start. You can expand to multiple avatars in the future, but at the start, just think about that one person, Sarah, maybe, and make videos for Sarah. And a funny thing happens when you do that is you'll start attracting people who are your dream customer, right? That are all Sarah's. And not only will you get a ton of them, more customers than you had if you didn't do this, but they're also gonna be the people you like working with, which is such a joy in business, right? We all have those clients we don't like working with. Well, why not build everything to attract more of those we do? And so starting with who that is you're making content for, I think is really important. Now, it'll expand because there'll be multiple you know, archetypes that you want to serve and, um, you know, especially as your business grows, but you don't need to do that at the start. I mean, you can build a huge social media audience with a very, very niche focus. And I, I think people, um, like you said, they just worry that it's limiting them and really what's limiting them is going too broad. That's really interesting. Let me, let me ask you this, because one thing that I often hear is uh, I know the person that I want to serve, but I like that person's not me. Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who think that you have to kind of be your client. You know, you no, have to yeah. be your avatar to understand that person. I'm curious what you think. I, I don't know that I've ever heard you talk about this before. What What do you yeah. What do you think about that? Do you agree? Disagree? So I think it's easier to make videos that help your avatar if you were once in their shoes. And so a lot of my videos are, um, you know, videos that I would have been really helped by. And that's helpful because I can be like, okay, I know what the pain they were feeling is. And if you can talk to what they're feeling, you'll be more effective. Now, you don't have to do that. Um, that's just a, you know, something, a skill you can learn is how to get in other people's shoes and understand their perspective. But I think, you know, if you were once your avatar, that's amazing. Um, but you don't have to be right. Like you, you served that client, Sarah, that we talked about. Well, you were never Sarah. And so you doesn't mean they have to be that way. I just think it's easier. And, and I do think, you know, going back to the bigger principle here, the more niche you go, especially when it comes to that 10%, that mastery that we talked about, the better your results are going to be. And so I would say to whatever you decide to do, whether you, you were once your archetype or not, dive into a really specific niche and stick with that because it's just so much easier. It's hard to make content for multiple people. Yeah. And, 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 I, and always, it, it's hard to know what to talk about. Like if you don't yeah. have a person that you're talking to, it's very, mm -hmm. it's like you walk into a party, right? There's a dinner party and I'm, yeah. I'm walking up to, to a stranger that I've never met before. If I don't know who that person is, like I have to search for our common interest. I have to ask yeah. lots of questions right. and I have to figure out like, what can we talk about? Because I don't, I, I don't know anything about what he does and he doesn't know anything about what I do. So what, what can we figure out in common interest? Yeah. And, and I, I think that one of the biggest challenges when, Agents, so I, the 60%, that's, that's, that's a new concept for me. I'm definitely taking that. So like you're talking about other things in your life, but like when we get to that bottom where you're, you're talking more mastery and you're talking more about what it is that, or how you can help people and giving them real value and, and trying to solve their pain points and trying to help them through those, those challenges that they're facing. It, it's really hard to know what to talk about. In my opinion, if you don't know who you're talking to, because yeah. there's a, there's a, Real estate transactions, but whether you're an investor or a first-time home buyer or a person who's moving up and, and growing to a, a larger house or your luxury, or maybe you're a renter, like 
there's a lot of stuff about the transaction that's the exact same, right? Yeah. That's what people go to real estate school to learn. It's like the laws and like how not to get sued. And like, those are the things that every agent's learning. But to take that a step further, even though there's a lot of similarities between all the transactions among those different audiences, the pain points and the challenges that those people are all facing and the things that they're thinking about at that point in their life or with, with that particular transaction is different, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've, I've seen it where I'll go to a, a kind of an agent's uh, uh, profile and it does seem like they're struggling a little bit because there's mm -hmm. constantly different um, people that they're talking to all the time. Um, yes. And it, and it, it it, it seems like it would be uh, kind of some, it would be hard for me to be able to, you know, follow that person and really trust into that person an interesting without example getting on that topic that I want to, I want to cover while we're here, which is, do you know how, when you, everybody I think can relate to this, when you see a commercial on TV, you feel like they're talking to somebody else. Like you don't feel like they're speaking to you. And the reason for that, and everybody feels that way, right? Nobody's like, dang, this commercial was made for me. The reason they have to do that is because they're going so broad, it appeals to no one because they're putting it on a platform where they have no specifics. They can't target you know, you as someone who likes real estate, Nathan. They can't target me as someone who likes whatever. And so they have to go super broad. And that's why you know, notoriously TV advertising is very expensive and ineffective compared to a lot of what we do on social media now. And so if you think about it in contrast to Facebook ads, for example, um, you know, I could never profitably run my ads on TV because there's not enough people interested. But on Facebook, it's targeting my specific audience, right? So I can target people who are kind of interested in photography in general. And, you know, my wife, for example, she she's the person who buys stuff from Facebook ads, right? Like we get these weird things from Facebook ads that she their marketing was so targeted to her. She was like, dang, that's exactly what I need in my life. Let me buy that. She's never bought one thing off a TV commercial. And so that just shows the effectivity of getting more niche, right? You're able to speak to someone and have it feel like they're speaking to them. And, you know, one tip with social media is a lot of times, especially at the start, people, you know, they get their phone out and they're ready to record and they act like they're speaking to an auditorium, which I understand it feels that way, right? Especially as you grow, it feels like you're speaking to a bunch of people. And so, um, a tip you can use is to, to act like you're talking to your avatar, that one person, make a video to them because they're not consuming it. 50 people looking at a screen. It's just me looking at my phone when I'm consuming. Right. And mm -hmm. so if you make content thinking you're shouting to this huge auditorium, it's going to reach nobody. And so it's kind of a small, like psychological trick, right? There's no like crazy thing that it's going to do differently. It's just going to give you a little bit more focused content because you're going to be talking to Sarah, your avatar, your archetype. And uh, that, that just makes it a little bit easier. So just a quick tip there. So you don't end up like a, a vanilla TV advertiser that speaks to nobody. Man, that's well said. And that's a great point. All right. So I want to take it back out 30,000 feet. Okay. So we've got defining your audience, right? We've got creating good social videos that actually drive traffic. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about is the last component, right? Like the last component that the, the entirety of internet marketing has figured out. And yet most no. real estate agents don't know uh, how to do it typically. And I just want you to speak to this. So typically what I see often is that they're creating content and then generally speaking, they're kind of throwing up their business card at the end of the video. Just give me a call, give me a shout. You know, I'd love to help you if you ever, yeah. if you ever moving or selling or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, um, talk the to me about the last effective pitch of all time. And no wonder people are going to me. Right. So the, this is this is one of the things that I think is a challenge for most agents because they're like, OK, I get it. Like, I get it. I, I have an audience. I'm going to create videos. I'm going to develop an audience. Everybody understands that you can monetize off that audience, but nobody knows how to actually convert that view into a lead. Right. Yeah. Or at least at least what I've experienced in the real estate world. There are a few that have. Right. There are a few that have done it and they are killing it. Yeah. Killing it because they're able to leverage uh, the tools that we're talking about here to be able to talk to so many people and magnetize so many great high quality leads to them. So yeah. talk to me about the last part of the puzzle. Yeah. We got defining your audience, uh, uh, creating content that drives traffic. Where are you sending that traffic to, to actually be able to convert that lead into an actual sale? So the secret that's not a secret to you know most people, except those are, that are in real estate is you have to have a lead magnet. And so I'll kind of talk about what a lead magnet is and how it you know, facilitates that process of going from traffic who's seen you on social media to someone who's sending money to your bank account. Ultimately, um, there are a lot of different ways you can do lead magnets. So 
you know, going back to the concept of niches, we'll kind of go through a couple different ones. Let's talk about investors and then we'll go to like a socialite real estate agent and then we'll go to one for first time home buyers. So investment wise, if you go to, um, there's a good example of a real estate agent that I think does this pretty well. Her social media is at Realtor Landlord. So look at her, her name's Allie and you'll notice that she has a link in her bio. That's where most people put their lead magnet. And if you go to that, you can get access to some free investor tools. So she's made calculators and stuff like that where people who are have gotten value from her and are interested in what she has to do can get a little bit more value and take the next step. And so if you go to her bio, and this is the same framework everybody uses, there's nothing special about what she's doing there. It's a very common thing, like you said, in internet marketing. You click on that, you click investor tools or calculator, whatever it is, it's gonna ask you for your email and you're gonna put in your email and it's gonna send you that tool, right? Or give you access to it right there. And then Allie, in her case, has the ability to remarket to you in the future to add you to her database. I know a lot of real estate agents call it and continue marketing to you. And in that tool, she could potentially say, if you'd love to buy a house in the Portland area, which is where I think she's located, or Seattle maybe, um, you can contact her. So we're not just going straight from social to contact. The bridge uh, of that gap is called a lead magnet. And so that's what it could look like for an investor agent. Now let's talk about like a socialite agent, which is kind of the hardest one. And that's why I picked it. You're an agent that just likes to talk about coffee shops, bars, events, whatever it is in your area or neighborhoods, doesn't matter. What do you do for a lead magnet there? Well, you could have a free course on getting to know blank city. If you're in Austin, getting to know Austin, or you could have an email list where you send out uh, events happening every week in Austin. And that's a way to trade them something of value for their email so you can continue to market to them. And then um, first time home buyers, you could have a free course that's like 10 things to do if you want to buy a house in the next year and you're a first time home buyer, right? And the last lesson is, hey, you know, if you if you're interested in buying a house, did you know that I'm free for buyers? As a buyer's agent, I don't charge you anything. And so if you'd like to work with me, uh, what I taught you is exactly what I'm going to help you do. Contact me, right? So it's it's not just going from here's here's some content to, hey, let's do business. It's here's some content. Let me give you some more value so I can follow up with you and market to you in the future. And then it, after they've gotten the value from that lead magnet, you can ask them for the sale. That's a much more effective way to do it. And it allows you to get data, right? You're getting their email from them. You're seeing how many leads a day you're getting because ultimately sales are more sporadic, but leads you should get every day. With my social media, I get hundreds of email addresses a day. And so imagine if you were a real estate agent and did the same thing, how valuable that would be, how big your database would be of people you can market to. So the lead magnet is the not so secret secret and it's really easy to make one, right? Like if you go to my social media, I have a link up in my bio and it's the, you know, for each platform, it's different so I can track where it came from and they can go get a free workshop, we call it, which is effectively a webinar. It's a one hour training where I teach them a lot of what they need to know to get started. Then they leave excited. Let's do this. And I'm like, if you want some help, like just my course is super cheap. Like it's going to make it way easier for you. And that's how I get a ton of sales. And so it's the same thing for real estate agents. You have to think about what's a little bit deeper value you can provide them that's off platform in exchange for their email, a course, workshop, email list, tons of stuff like that. But that's the secret. Sick, man. Well said. That's well, very well explained. I think one of the things that um, I love about this, and you kind of mentioned it just a second ago where you were talking about, yeah, and I can even, I have a different link to track where it's coming from. Yeah. You have a, a way to measure. You have yeah. a way to, 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 under, like, to, to look at the numbers, figure out where's your traffic coming from. That's the kind of the example you gave, but you can actually track conversion, right? Like you can actually say, this is how many views my profile has gotten this month. This is how many people from those views have actually seen my lead magnet or downloaded my lead magnet, right? Of those people who's downloaded the lead magnet and given me their email addresses, this is how many people over the last six months has actually read. You can yeah. track, you can measure, and you can improve. That's the and you thing know what's that so important think, about that besides any of that stuff. I mean, that's all great because it helps you get better results. But the biggest thing that I think it did for me and does for a lot of people is it shows you that it's working. Like if you're getting sales from social media, I, um, I was talking to, I, I was a group of people. I don't think it was agents, but I was like, it was like a month ago. It may have been in Roundtable, which is part of my course. I was like, if every time you posted on social media, you got a, a $10,000 check in the mail, how often would you post? Everybody's <laughs> like 400 times a day, you know, as much as I can. And it's like, well, it's not that direct, but it's almost that direct. Right. And so that's why I'm such a big believer in like, we need, you get that lead magnet set up, start posting and let's get you getting leads because when you get leads, you're like a believer, you're instantly converted, you know? And so hmm. that's why I think it's so important to have a lead magnet because otherwise you're just doing stuff and you're like, Hey, I got a lead. I don't know where it came from, but you don't, if you know that it's from your social media efforts, you're all of a sudden really invested. And that investment is what creates the commitment and the consistency that pays dividends over the long term. I think that's so important. I think, um, as all of you guys, guys know business is is really not a numbers game it's not really a skill game it's a game of managing your own emotions and you know learning uh, 
you know, how I think about it is if you can, if you can manage your emotions and you can see the world more accurately, you'll be really successful. So we have to get rid of false beliefs and the things we believe that are true that are not true in order to see the world more accurately. And then we have to consistently be doing something, taking action in the right direction. And so I just think business is really simple. Keep your emotions under control and, uh, you know, see things accurately. And that's why uh, I'm a numbers guy. I, I always talk about that. Like, I love numbers. You know, in order to run a million dollars worth of Facebook ads in a year, you have to be dead on your numbers. Otherwise, you spend yourself out of business. And so I'm not saying that as someone who thinks numbers are unimportant. They're critical for running a business. I just think what's more important is keeping yourself motivated. Because if you're motivated, you're going to do the consistent thing. And you're going to look at those numbers and see what they matter to you. It all starts with that internal motivation. And, uh, you know, one thing I heard that I think is really true. A lot of times people, when they get into business, they think, oh, I just need to put in the work now and, you know, really look for that long-term goal. And, you know, it's a long game. We tell ourselves all these things about what business is. And, you know, what I think a more effective strategy is, is just to stack quick wins, right? Like the more you can every day be like, dang, I got a hundred leads. Like that's going to keep you motivated. One thing Gary Vee talks about that I think is really interesting is there's this concept he uses called clouds and dirt. And so the clouds are, you know, looking down your business and, and being excited and coming up with ideas. And that's super important, but you also have to have the dirt where you're in there digging, getting work done. And if you don't have those in the right balance, it doesn't matter. Like you can only dig for so long before you get tired of it, right? And the clouds is where you get that excitement and that you bring that emotion into your business and you get excited about a new idea and you do it. And so you have to have the balance of those. And I think a lot of people, um, they throw the balance off just by their beliefs by saying, this is a long game. I just need to put in time for the long haul. You're a human. You're not going to do that. Like we don't do that. We don't do things that suck unless we see results. And um, there's a book many of you guys have read called Atomic Habits, but that's one of the things in that book. And all of these people teach the same thing. All these people that are really successful basically share the same thing, which is you got to start with doing a little bit of what you want to do followed by a little reward. That's what they teach in Atomic Habits. So if you're trying to work out, maybe one minute in the gym today followed by 10 minutes in the sauna because you enjoy the sauna, right? And bringing that enjoyment piece is what builds the consistency of that new habit. And it's no different with social media, you know? The enjoyment is going to come from seeing leads because you know those are money and that keeps you really motivated. Man, that is so sick. So, uh, so talking about the leads, talking about the lead magnet. If you, I, I would just want to encourage people because we could talk about what makes a good lead magnet. Just yeah. go Google it. Like, they, like you can, like, there's tons of resources out there, and you it's know, you can find that. Not a secret. That's the good news. Right. Perfect advice <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it, it's it's re yeah, it's really not. Um, one thing I do want to address though, really quickly, because I think I can hear a lot of people in their head thinking when they're listening to our conversation about developing a lead magnet, tracking analytics, all that kind of stuff. They're sitting there thinking this is going to cost a lot of money, right? <laughs> Does it have to? No, it can be free. I mean, people like there's people who do a Google form, which is free if you have a Gmail, and then it goes to a free something where they can download a PDF in that form or you know, email list software is 30 bucks a month or course hosting software is 50 bucks. I mean, it's, this is so cheap compared to the results. And, you know, like anything, you may have to invest a little bit of money, but come on, 50 bucks is not even real money. You know, there's 100%. so much other stuff you spend time on. So that, that's just, you know, get that out of your mind. It's it's, it's 100% costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year by not doing that. Um, not the other way around. I love that. Yeah. Like I, I, that's so, I, and maybe I'm curious to see what you say about this. Cause like the, the, one of the big challenges I always hear uh, is the objection of like, it's going to, it's going to cost us this amount of money, or is this going to cost mm -hmm. me this amount of time? They don't, they don't think about the other side of it, which is, you know, what are you losing? Because you're not, yeah. you know, and uh, can you just speak to that for a second? What, what have you experienced in that? Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, social media has done nothing but make me a thousand times the money I've put into it. And so that's obvious. I think there's something, um, it's a quote that Ryan Pineda says that I thought was really interesting. He's newer to social media himself. He, you know, a couple million followers across platforms started in 2019. He's a real estate guy, um, house flipper. And he says um, something to the effect of it's like, if you're not posting on social media, that's okay. But know that your, your uh, competition is and they're taking your business. And so there's the fear side of it, right? Which is people are doing this like, you can't not be on social media and be in business. It's not an option anymore. It wasn't even an option five years ago, but it really isn't now. So there's the fear side of it, right? But then there's the the more important thing, which is the upside of doing it, uh, which is hmm. so incredible. I mean, my business has literally made millions of dollars in profit from social media. And it wouldn't have happened if I had to run ads. The cost keeps going up for ads. And if I had to pay for more traditional lead sources, it just doesn't happen in the same way. And it's all one snap away from not existing anymore. You know, if uh, it changes price and it's ineffective or that company shuts down. And with social media, we're not talking about one platform. We're talking about getting uh, attention on multiple platforms that, you know, if one shuts down, it's fine. Instagram can shut down tomorrow. I got TikTok with a hundred something thousand followers. You know, I got YouTube. I have all these lead sources. 
but it's all starting from one or two pieces of content a day. You know, I post them across all the platforms. And so it insulates you and gives you the ability to really, uh, you know, do a lot more. Our, our business would not be where it is without social media. I mean, you know, this year, just on the course side, I bet we'll do two and a half million dollars in sales. And, you know, 90% of that's, or maybe 80% of that's going to be directly social media driven from, you know, my little channels in the scheme of things. And that's crazy. That's a lot. And that's just one business, right? And so... I think what people uh, misunderstand is just the upside uh, that they have. Yeah, uh, that's so well said. So I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming to the end. The last thing I we and, and by the way, that was such a beautiful, <laughs> just an overarching uh, strategy that, again, I know that is elusive to so many agents, right? Like they, yeah. they get the idea of generating content. They get the idea of building a following. They understand the, the general concept of building an online brand and that it can help your business. But I think that the missing component that's, that, that's there for everybody who's pretty much in the real estate industry is how do you, wh where do you drive the traffic to? How do you actually yeah. capture the, uh, the lead? So I'm, I'm really glad that we talked about that. Yeah. The last thing I want to follow up with that I think is going to help that's kind of outside of this realm that I'm, I, I'd love for you to speak on for a second. Last week in our roundtable call, I heard you talking about uh, just the value of time. And I think that this is something that we all struggle with. I mean, I, I struggle with it. My wife and I have daily conversations about this, daily conversations about this. Uh, real estate, most most agents who are you know in the industry struggle with this. Yeah. What are you experiencing right now when it comes to time, valuing your time, planning your time? Um, I'm just curious to see what you have to say. Yeah, so I was, I was talking with somebody and they gave me this um, analogy that I think was really interesting, which is imagine you went to somebody's house and you opened the front door and there was just money everywhere, like crinkled up under the couch, on the counter, like everywhere. You'd, you'd look at them and you'd be like, you wouldn't think that person was really responsible, right? Like, you'd be like, great. I mean, they have money everywhere, but like, ugh, like what is this? that you, It gives you an idea of who they are and it's not a good one. And they uh, compare that to what most people do with our time, right? We just leave it everywhere. We don't care for it, but it, it's more valuable than money if you think about it. I mean, I know a lot of people don't feel that way because they are like, I just need money right now. And there's a hierarchy of needs, but generally your time is more valuable. It's, it's finite and you can't get more of it. And so um, having that conversation made me look at my time and I think of myself as a pretty efficient guy. And I'm like, geez, my time is scattered all over the house. And I think that's one of the most effective things you can do to um, you know, grow your business, right? Is be more mindful of your time and what you're doing with it. And this goes back to the number one objection people have with social media, which is I don't have the time. And I would say that you don't not have the time, but more tactically than that, you have the time, you're just wasting on stuff that doesn't matter. And so that's why we talked about things like batching the content and you know not trying to sit down and crank out content when you're not in the mood for it. Um, and that makes a huge difference. And so I would encourage you, as I'm doing in my own business right now, to look at and audit your time. Maybe write down everything you do for a week and you'll be shocked what you're doing and what you're wasting time on. And so then the excuse of I don't have enough time completely evaporates because you do, you're just not caring for it. You're leaving it scattered around your house. And uh, that's the biggest thing that I think I'm, I'm working on in my business lately, in my life. That's, that's awesome, man. All right. So to wrap up, uh, uh, you, you're working on something right now. I want you to tell everybody what you're working on. Just give everybody like a little sneak preview and, uh, and where people can go to find out more information about it. Yeah, I'll give you the, the two minute uh, kind of summary of it. So I own a real estate media company and we see branding as a massive opportunity for agents and therefore a massive opportunity for us. But we've always struggled figuring out how to make it work for agents because just selling you a package of 10 social media reels with no strategy doesn't do anything, right? Because it takes consistency and you don't need it produced perfectly. So like, what are we trying to serve? And so, um, you know, we have come to the conclusion that if an agent wants to do social media right, anybody wants to do social media, right? They have to be in the driver's seat of it. They have to know what the strategy is, know why they're doing it, because it's going to give them the, the wins that they need to put the effort in, right? So I've created a new company called Real Estate Content Club that is a social media education company for real estate agents. And there's two primary parts to it. And it's launching this week, so I'm pretty excited about it. The first part is we have to train you. Everything that I just told you here, you need to learn the tactics of and learn how to do effectively. So you know what content you should post, what platforms you should be on, what your lead magnet should look like, how you send traffic to that lead magnet. There's the education piece of this. And then the other piece of it, which I think is the really awesome part is the ideas. So every week we give our members as soon as we launch uh, this coming week, we're going to give our members content ideas and scripts that are ready to film. So it eliminates a lot of that. I don't know what to film. And we'll give you a ton of ideas that will probably spark your brain to create more ideas. 
And then, you know, that that's really, you know, when we were thinking about this, we're like, we need this to be effective for real estate agents, not just do what they've been doing, which is check the box of it. And so we came to the conclusion, like I said, you need to be in the driver's seat to do this, right? So how do we put you in the driver's seat, education, and then accountability through the weekly video ideas and through our private community in that company. So it's called Real Estate Content Club. You can check it out at realestatecontentclub.com. And it's really cheap. So there's no idea. Yeah, that's sick. And I, and, I, and I love what you say about like being in the driver's seat actually provides you the wins to understand that it is a thing that is working and it's yeah. beneficial and it's, it's worth spending your time on. Yeah. I think that there's also something to be said that the best, in my opinion, the best social profiles feel like a digital fingerprint of the real life person. And yeah. you just yeah. can't do that. If yeah. you have, if you have an intern or yeah. whatever, like posting yeah. your social content, or even if you're paying a big agency, it's still not going to feel like you. Right. And, uh, and I, and I just think that's a big part of the building trust process in, in, in your, in your online profile. I'm curious what you say. Yeah. I mean, I think it is the most important job of the business owner is, is obviously to market the business. Right. And so, um, you know, as my business has grown, I've realized that more and more. And, and I would say if your business is smaller, it's even more important. So, you know, my company right now, like I said, we have somewhere around 35 employees. My main job, my title that's most important to me is that I market our business by creating content. That is the most effective thing I can do for my business. I have an awesome team that can run the daily operations, but I'm the only one that can do that. And so that's why I think it's the same for real estate. Agent. Like you said, you can't outsource it to an intern or even an agency and expect it to be great. And I don't think you if you understand how big of a role it will play in your business, especially in the future, you wouldn't want to, right? Like you never outsource the thing that is the highest impact for you. That's what you do. And so no matter how big my business gets, my main focus is going to be on let's get more people to know about who I am and who my business is because then we can serve more people. My team can run the operations. They're awesome. They can do that, right? But only I can post content as me. And so I would encourage you guys listening to reframe your perspective on what actually matters. I think being the face of your brand is the most important thing that you could possibly be spending your time on and that's why we built you know real estate content club the way we did so good I, I, this is the last thing i want to say and i want to get yeah. your response to this but um i think one of the things that i've really appreciated about you eli and about the the education you guys have built is that you're constantly evolving and I think this is like one of the last things I want to talk about, because I think that another limiting belief, going back to that kind of high production value thing, that belief that it has to be high production value, is that so many agents feel like it's got to be perfect, right? They, they don't want to start. They don't want to post the first one unless it's perfect. And one thing that I just from the out, just from an outside perspective, who's gained so much value from everything that you've worked on and you and your and, uh, and Aaron have created and, and what you guys have done is I'm constantly amazed at how well you guys will step back and say, is this working? Is this not working? How can this be better? And, uh, and I, I, I'm just curious how you, how you kind of process that as a business owner yourself and how you would encourage agents to think about this, uh, about, mm -hmm. you know, the evolution and the idea of perfection and those kind of things. And we'll make this the last thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of talk about how, uh, luck plays into a business. And I, I think it plays a bigger part than a lot of people think, but it doesn't discount the hard work of it. And the reason I say that is because I think one of the things and traits that I was born with is, you know, I, I was told growing up and they you know, was told this in a loving way, but I'm very hasty. And I would always hear the quote, haste makes waste. And I think that is the biggest asset to my business now is that I don't care for it to be perfect. And and it's not a learned skill. That's just something I was born with. And so um, I think that's carried me a long way. It, it caused me issues at some point, but at, at times, right? But I think the, the biggest thing that you have to learn as a business owner is you have to be willing to try stuff and fail. And I'm probably a little too willing to do that, um, but I embrace it. And I, I, I hire people around me who don't have that. They have a skill set of trying to make it more perfect. That's a great combination. So if you're someone who's a perfectionist, first of all, know this is there's no such thing. You're not perfect, right? Perfect is is getting results and you're not getting results. So there's no perfection there. Perfection is usually people hiding emotions. And I think it's really interesting because when people talk about being a perfectionist, they usually would say that they're very data driven and detail oriented people when in fact they're the most emotional people you'll meet. They're so scared of messing it up that they're petrified. I think that's really interesting. So think about it. Is that you? And, and, you know, if it is, know that that can't be an excuse anymore because it's not about being perfect. You're just so scared to mess up, you won't even start, which is imperfection itself. And so um, the thing I would encourage you to think about is what's the big goal that you want? You know, if you want a gr to grow a business, um, you know, even to get one employee is a feat that most people aren't able to do. But let's say you want to grow a business with 10 employees. You're going to have to mess up a lot along the way. Mess up consistently. You know, people say that uh, business success is just standing on uh, a pile of all the mistakes you made along the way. And I think that's so true. And so it's a hard one to tell people how to do. But just know that the most successful business owners, I'm not talking about me. I'm so, so low on the success totem pole in terms of what people have done. 
And so when I look up to people and they're saying that to me, people that you know have billion dollar businesses saying all the bad ideas they've done, all the bad people they've hired, the mistakes they've made, I'm like, perfect, I can keep messing up. It gives you permission. So uh, good enough to move on is a quote that uh, you know is out there and I forget who it's attributed to, but I think that's so important. Just get it good enough to move on. And action is, is ultimately the only thing that really matters. It's not, you know, perfection is such a, a fool's errand. So, so good, man. All right. Uh, I said that was the last question. I got one more for you. I got biggest you. resources, biggest resources that, that, that you have learned a lot from, um, books, mm -hmm. podcasts, like where do you go for your continual education, for your continual learning? What would you recommend yeah. people, especially around this topic uh, that we talked about today mm -hmm. on the podcast? What would you encourage people to go check out and to learn more from? Yeah, so I'm a big audiobooks guy. I love uh, doing it while I'm driving or walking or whatever. Um, so I'll just list off a couple of books that I think are really good. Um, this is an interesting one that's kind of left field. I'm going to start with it, which is the Almanac of Naval Ravikant. I think it's super interesting. Um, uh, let me see. There's a couple ones that are like core that are down farther on my list. So Russell Brunson is the owner of ClickFunnels and a great internet marketer. And so tactically, his trilogy, his three books are really good. It's dot-com secrets, expert secrets, and traffic secrets. Those will um, give you basically like the framework of what online marketing is and puts you in the top 1% of realtors in terms of your understanding of online marketing. Um, I think 12 and a half by Gary V is a really good book for the softer mm. side of business. Um, and then, you know, love him or hate him. I think Grant Cardone writes amazing books and is a, a world-class motivator. And so I think 10 X rule is an awesome book that you should definitely read. Um, those are the ones I'd start with. And then last one, which is where I'm at currently. And I read this years ago, but I'm, I'm circling back on it. You've probably read it as well, but four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I think if you start with those, you'll be great that, you know, especially the trilogy, uh, with from Russell Brunson it, as to what we talked about today, that will completely change your business. And that'll get your brain going again. The whole thing here is you need to be in the driver's seat to do this. Right. And so that's a great book to, I mean, you'll read it and you'll be like, I'm a billionaire. I figured it out. Like it gives you so much good tactical advice where you're like, I know exactly what to do. So I would start there with uh, .com secrets. Eli, thank you so much, man. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on and sharing everything that you've spent years learning and that you've put into practice and you've seen great results from. Um, I want thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you've done for me. And I appreciate, you know, everything that you guys have, again, that you guys have built. And I'm excited to see where your next, your next, your next thing takes you. So it's really cool. Um, I know that there's going to be a lot of agents who's really going to benefit from this conversation. There, I think there's going to be a lot of light bulbs that go off. I think there's going to be a lot, like you said, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of ideas that start to be generated from this conversation man so again i appreciate it thank you so much um is there any final words that you'd like to say before we hop off take action i mean that's the only thing right do what we talked about put it into practice and that's the only way you get results you probably feel good right now you know i felt that way a lot in, in my career about new ideas but the real results come when you do them so yeah nathan thank you so much it was awesome a great talk and uh, always good to talk with you my friend that's awesome, man. Thank you so much, guys. Hopefully you've learned a few things from this episode. I know I did. I, I came, I came in this kind of knowing some of this content already. And I, uh, and I, I was taking notes as we were going through, uh, and there's going to be a lot of really actionable things that I'm going to pull away from this and then go implement my, into my business, uh, immediately. Uh, so thank you so much for your time and attention. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today for this podcast. Go out there and crush it. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time. See you guys. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Hopefully this was really helpful to you in your journey of building a business. If you like what you heard, please click subscribe and go to iTunes and give us a rating. That helps us out tremendously when we're producing, hopefully, content of huge value to you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it and I hope that you have an amazing week. Go out there and crush it. I'll see you soon.